Just a quick note about this week's podcast. Um, I'm sorry it's a little bit late. I had a lot of technical difficulties and it was very difficult to even get a machine that would work. And secondly, I know that the audio quality is not as good as it could be. There really, I just didn't have any time to, to fix that in an effort to get the show out. I have to deal with imperfections. But anyway, uh, I, my advice is to just keep it uh, at a level where like, you know, you can bear the regular talking and just pretend I said something funny or interesting. Um, and then that should be fine. So I hope you enjoy the show regardless. You're listening to Barely on Topic with VA. When I think of a slap shot, I think of defenseman. It's like the only shot. I, this is what I got. Let's do it. Nick. Here comes the bagel boy himself. Anthony. Joe Sackman Sacco. Jeff. Then I moved to Canada. And Tim. Probably not. Episode 21 of Barely on Topic, or as Jeff has said, we should call it Bradley on Topic. Right. Because Brad is great and Brad is good. <laughs> you know, what's really funny. Brad, we all need more Brad in our lives. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I, you know, I, I didn't want to say we want to, uh, we thank Brad for all our food because I was just like, we thank Brad for all our wood. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can take it any way that you want. You set that one right up. What was I, what was I gonna do? Not swing? It was like playing T ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm good for the assist. I'm good for the assist. I'm not gonna score many goals. But I'll set it up so that you can. Uh, yeah, so this week we are uh, bare bones. We can't get much more bare bones than this. Just Tim and Jeff. I'm pretty Nick, sure if we were down one more, we wouldn't bother recording, so. <laughs> I'm sure it would be a thoroughly fascinating conversation between Jeff and whomever. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying VA? <laughs> <laughs> It would just be you and me yammering on for an hour. That, that's what it would be. Unless it were Nick but instead of me. You know, whatever. It's never Nick. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so did you get to hear the sexy scheduling, schedule reading bump last I week? Did. It was good. <laughs> and, um, I, I honestly, I, I, my, my delivery was even more ridiculous and entertaining than I thought it was when I was giving it. So. <laughs> it was. I hope you have a special one prepared for this week. I tried, no tried, but we'll, we'll see. But uh, this week's lineup doesn't lend itself to something nearly as amazing as last week's games did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I, I don't want to disappoint you. Um, I, I will just say this right now. I'm just putting out a disclaimer. I'm recording on the old laptop, which uh, there was a reason why I wasn't using it anymore, but it's turning out to be a handy backup right now. Knock on wood. And uh, I don't have that bump. And I hope I don't lose it forever with what's going on with my laptop. So we'll see. Um, We might be bumpless this week. I'm sorry. I might be able to pull it from an old episode but I have to download it and sound quality and all that shit. But ah, that's for me to worry about. That's sexy editing talk, which nobody likes. No, it's not sexy. It's hot. Does that also mean we don't have our intro or are you going to grab that from Nick? Oh, no. See, okay. First of all, A, Nick doesn't have it. But B, somebody was smart enough to put it on drive. Oh, nice. So I do have that. Um, I, I see. I put that in drive so that, that Nick could have it. Hypothetically speaking, of course. Well, I told him it was there. So he knows that it's there if he ever needed it, but (laughs) he never needs it. (laughs) (laughs) So in this episode, when we rag on Nick for not being here, it's so much fun. (laughs) 
we're not going to rag on Nick anymore. I'm just saying that uh, things are not as great as I would like them to be technologically. So I'm hoping that the ship holds together. And uh, if this episode might not be as um, uh, well sounded uh, when it's released as it should be. But we're trying. Sounded are definitely not the words you wanted, but we're going to roll with them. You know, <laughs> I sound so much better when I drink. And <laughs> 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 not drinking. Because <laughs> I think there might be something seriously wrong with me when I drink. So yeah, It's called being gonna... drunk. Uh, no, no, I, I'm not going to get into it on this podcast. I, I'm just, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about the flush that I get when I drink. And I think that I might be missing something Mm -hmm. in my genes. So anyway, this is not hot, uh, hot genetics talk. So we're going to roll with the rest of the show. Hey, Timmy, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> um, I wish that you could see this. Tim is a ghost. I can't see him today. So on his Twitter, Tim would be an egg today. Kind of. We still appreciate Timmy, though. You just jump in whenever you want to, Tim. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> How about those roadie Rams, Tim? Yeah, they won. Um, and I picked them to win, so that was cool. Just because my bracket's kind of going to hell in a handbasket here pretty quickly. So they're playing tonight. I want them to win. I want Rody to go far. If they if they win tonight, they go to the Sweet Sixteen. Yes. No, that would be very bad for me because I didn't pick them to go further than this. Tim, this is about my Rhode Island pride. Right now. Speaking of Rhode Island pride. Uh-oh. Achari got called up today. I saw that. I wouldn't have seen it had you not pointed it out, though. Okay? That's why but, I pointed yes. it out. Because I said it was... I saw it there. I was like, oh, this is something special just for VA. And you know what's really funny is that I put on my Achari shirt today well before I knew about that. You like, made it so. <laughs> I must have made it happen. That's true. It, it's true. I just... Had her Drew Stafford some wife having twins this morning that may have also made it so this is not about drew stafford's wife this is about me making things happen oh okay fair enough (laughs) (laughs) okay so that might have had something to do with it but i am magic i won't i'm tim (laughs) Uh, okay so we're not going to talk about the game of the week this week because um between the three of us we saw like four periods of play probably so not really very much i mean i saw vancouver but um and and brad was great brad was good Moral of the story, fuck the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like, like West Coast hockey really fucking blows on Atlantic time. I know it's bad on Eastern, but Atlantic is just fucking lethal. Yeah, it's stupid. It's it, it's completely stupid. Um, I hate these late, late games. And New England, please stop thinking about Atlantic going on to Atlantic time. You will regret it. I don't want I, to. <laughs> I swear to God, if Maine does, I'm punching all the cows. Oh, oh, I haven't heard you suggest you're going to punch livestock in a while, Tim. This one's this one's got your hackles up, huh? Yeah, the Atlantic time thing is just stupid. Stop trying to change that shit. Like, honestly. Like, the, like for some reason, Maine's hell-bent on trying to t- change our fucking time zone. Who gives a shit? Just keep it what it is. I don't know what the... I don't know what this would accomplish, except being fucking annoying. Here's the thing about it, too, is there's no one that Maine's doing that much business with that's also on Atlantic time, because you know who else is on Atlantic time? The full extent is Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI. And um, I'm I'm sure Maine has more commerce with these provinces than most of the rest of the U.S., but not enough to justify parting parting ways chronologically with the rest of the East Coast. Exactly. 
Okay. Yeah, and and really like main potatoes are better than PEI tomato uh, tomatoes potatoes too. Okay, this is also quality PEI tomatoes, but I agree with you on this part. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately went from potatoes to tomatoes. You say potato, I say tomato. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's like an Irishman and an Italian walking to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so my husband walks into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, people pushing for this in Maine say it's going to increase our economic opportunities and lessen our energy consumption. Um, here's the thing is, Maine produces all the same things the Maritime Provinces do. Yeah. Potatoes, blueberries, and lobster. So who the fuck are you going to trade with on Atlanta? Appar- <laughs> Apparently Puerto Rico. <laughs> just going by this article. Puerto Rico? <laughs> just going by this article. Apparently Puerto Rico and Nova Scotia are really important to us that we need to jettison the rest of the fucking east coast of the United States of America. You're going to, basically we're going to trade each other's lobsters. That's fantastic. Way to go, Maine. Yeah. Think this one fucking through. Uh, Maine, you just keep being Maine. Um, I saw a bumper <laughs> sticker on a car today that said I heart M-E and I kept thinking, <laughs> Wow, that's a really funny sticker to have in your car. Like, I love me. <laughs> I mean, I would totally rock that sticker, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Maine's very full of themselves. So, and M-A was already taken. And so is M-N. And M-I. And M-I. I know you states before both M-I and M-N. True, but we just went to, we're very vain here. So we had to go with the old Emmy. Yep. yep. We do think the song is about us. <laughs> well, let's talk about something else that has been looked at as being vain before, but is totally worth it. Let's get back to Brad. Brad Marchand, who loves himself, and now everybody else loves him too, so it's awesome. Brad is wonderful. I mean, just a quick update. He's pretty good at hockey. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But, you know, there are those out there who will say that we're trying to establish an elite level on him that, you know, he doesn't deserve, which is fucking bullshit, right? But well, it you... bugs me how much the hockey world pretends he wasn't already like this. It's like, no, Brad, Brad's always been this good. Now he's just like, you know what? I'm going to be fucking Brad Marchand, motherfuckers. Bring it on. I'm doing well, all sorts of Brad Marchand things. Okay, now, a few years ago, he went to a sports psychiatrist, I think, or a psychologist. Yeah, that was the summer after the Montreal loss. Right. So I think that Brad has just been working on himself. You know, he's been working on himself mentally. You know, he stabilized his, his, um, his personal life. You know, he got married. And now we found out this week he's going to be a daddy daddy. A pretty daddy. <laughs> Dad pretty daddy, pretty daddy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, obviously he's doing, uh, you know, great work being a, a stepdad, and now he's going to be bratty daddy, so it's going to be awesome. So, like, everything is coming up roses for him, and what's really awesome, what I really think is phenomenal is he already signed a contract, and we've got 37-plus goals on him. I mean, right now he's at 37, right? Yep. Yeah, he's which at 37. He had, which is what he had last year, and nobody, well... Of course, we expected him to get up to 37 again. <laughs> Someone but, here predicted three thirty goal scores on that line. Now, I was wrong, but not in the way I expected to be. Um, yeah, well, uh, well, th- that line, never mind. We're not going to go into that right now. <laughs> there, there's a time for us to go over predictions, and that's not right now. Obviously. I well... Everyone. Jim, you and Anthony both went off the reservation on yours, though, so of course. That's true. <laughs> they were bold predictions, if I remember correctly, so. Right. Right. So, so basically, Brad, he's awesome. He's great. He's good. Is, um, 
His uh, mass production, actually, I'm looking at his month-by-month -month um, uh, split stats. So he was still under a, uh, under a point per game through the through, – well, no, he was over a point per game for October, but November, December, each month he was below it. Ten, go, uh, ten points in November in 15 games and 11 points in December in 16 games. January, February, and now March is when he's clicked, kicked it into overdrive, being well over a point per game each month. Now, I'd point out that probably more, seeing as they're now publicly announcing that they're expecting, that means they're, you know, in, in the well into their, uh, well into the third month, at least. She had a decent-sized bump. But basically, his point burst corresponds to the beginning of the calendar year, which is maybe not when they found out, but it would have been not necessarily that long after they found out. And I think that there may be a correlation there. That Brad basically now that he know he now that he has seen to it that there'll be more little Brads is gonna you know Brad the fuck out of the league because I'm Braddy just gonna Daddy. them now. Braddy Daddy, uh, I I still like to think that uh, Brad at some point was just fed up with the shit of all of the rest of the Bruins leadership and wanted to take everything on his shoulders. Well, his his going nuts is about the same time he was you know. Openly defending Claude at the beginning of at the beginning of January, right? Yep. And that's when he goes in. You know, he had twenty points in fourteen games in January, um, and then fifteen and ten in February, and now thirteen and eight so far in March. Which is so, why I really want Brad to be like official leadership because I just think he's got it. He's got it. I've noticed that Krejci basically isn't wearing that the A hardly at all anymore. Backus seems to have taken that one on full time, but hmm. um, Brad should be in a rotate in a rotation role at a minimum. Um, it's tricky though, right? You don't want to you don't want to yank you and the number off anyone, and you're still got another year with with Chara as captain because they're not going to make any decisions until he's done. And I, I still suspect that Bergie's going to become captain when when, Mar when when he's gone, whether he should be or not, is another debate entirely. <clears throat> yeah. But I hope Brad at that point gets an A full time. Yeah, I think or at least ends up. I mean, and this of course leaves Krug, who also uh, it's it's actually tricky. I mean, because Krug's the other person I think that was actually doing 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 his yeoman's work all along. Like Krug and Brad were the guys that were, that were busting ass, especially towards the end of uh, of, of Claude's time. Right, but you know, I'm going to tell you this: Brad has been at it longer with this team. Absolutely. And if anybody deserves a first crack at something, it's definitely Brad. I can't say anything bad about him, and I love that. I can't say anything bad about Brad because we know he's you know, isn't he? He's, he's doing good things off the ice too, right? So it's a uh, He's just great. <laughs> I feel like we're at a loss for words on Brad. Like, there's nothing that we can say that can just really state our position anymore on him. Okay. I'd like to well, also point out that his time on ice right now is more than even Bergeron. So Instantly, he's, he's finally getting unit one power play time, which has never happened before. He's hot. That's why. Yeah. He's got a hot streak going. Even last year with that good power play and, he, and his high scoring, he wasn't on that first unit. That first unit last year was um, uh, what, what was it? Was it was Krejci, Berge, Spooner, um, uh, Krug, and uh, and, and Louis, right? Can uh, yeah? Can I just I, I just want to change like I, I just want to say something. I just thought of it and I, I have to get it out. Okay. Do you think that Tyler Sagan? being traded away allowed Brad to become the player that he's become? The only reason why I'd say yes is he's been able to shake kind of that party boy image. Because when Sagan was here, he kind of had that you know, Starly Cup champions tattoo. And, and party that's boy. not his fault. That's, they hired an idiot to do, that, to, to do that tattoo. It's not like he did it himself with a ballpoint pen. <laughs> yeah, but remember, we, already, we only saw it because he was shirtless on top of a bar. I mean, he was, you know, 21 and just won the cup. Of course he was. You'd be, you'd be too. Yeah, it, it's a party boy kind of thing. You know what I mean? He had a party boy uh, thing that he wanted to do. And he was young, and I get it. But but, but Sagan, going, Sagan getting traded away definitely seems seems to scare him straight. Yeah. Like, his game was sort of meandered for a year or two in the, in the meantime. But, he's, you know, it, it's, it's definitely made, it made a difference, right? Because 
he just fell just short of 30 goal mark that last season that Sagan was in town. The last full season, rather. So his, his second season in the league. It was a Brad's second season in the league. And then he wasn't as, as Brad his uh, the lockout year or the year right after. Now, also because that was part of the time where he spent an enormous amount of time apparently injured and not getting treated, right? But Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely something to look at, too. And I read this week, I think it was, was it Ty Anderson or was it Matt Kalman? I can't remember which one wrote basically an article suggesting that, you know, that the Bruins clearly don't miss, miss Lucic and suggested that Lucic being gone is also a big part of why Brad's been able to be Brad. Because he's gone from being the left, the top left wing while still in the shadow of really our second left wing to being our left wing. Yeah. We'll fucking stop. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's allowed him to become a star, too. I gotta whereas tell you, Lucci, whereas Lucic's the type of player who's always going to draw all the gravity in, in in Boston by virtue of being this this you know a longtime herald that is nearly reborn, which he wasn't. But I gotta tell you, I don't miss Luch at all. No, neither do I. Not not at the slightest. I appreciate everything he did here. He did some wonderful things for us. Luch, as much as Bergy, is personally responsible for that comeback against Toronto in in 2013. I mean, he willed it so. Bergy may have scored more of the goals in the comeback, but it was Luch that willed it to be. Yeah. Right. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that we can't just keep having players that turn on in the playoffs, which brings yeah. out. Hang on. I'm not done with, we're not done with Brad yet, though. I have some things I wanted to say still. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Go on. Okay. So, um,. Of course, we know, of course, right now, Brad is tied with Crosby at 37 goals for, lead, for, for the leader in goals. So he's a serious contender for the Rocket Richard. He is one point behind McDavid as at the time of this recording with 79 points. So he's a contender for the Art Ross. He's getting heart chatter. What I think he should be getting talk about, and no one seems to really be throwing it around, is he should be getting um, Selkie discussion. Whoa. Yes. Wait, I thought that, that award was going to be renamed... Okay, here's the thing. Bergie's not getting Selkie discussion, discussion right now because his scoring's down this year, right? Yeah, and yeah. Basically, that war has effectively become um, higher scoring forward who also knows how to back check. Yeah, that's a shame because I really enjoy it when it's like, oh, I don't know, the most defensive forward. Yeah, gone are the days when Jay, P- when Jay Pandolfo will be a finalist or John Madden will win it or Jerry Layton will win it. And that's why, you know, like last year, freaking, well, last year was just a cock up and it should not have gone to Kopitar. But yeah, so basically, you know, the guys that have been the perennial finalists, some more deserving than others, of course, have been Bergie, Taves, and Kopitar. And um, none of them are really up to uh, up to the snuff. Although Taves is going to get votes anyway because the hockey media just just loves themselves some just loves themselves some foot face. But <laughs> um, but on that note, Brad is as you know, he's a is. He's underrated defensively because he plays with Bergy all the time, but he is a defensive dy- dynamo, right? I mean, he and Bergy are, regardless of what defenseman they're put with, they are our first penalty kill unit. Yep, and don't forget, Brad's known for shorties. Ex- oh, exactly. So Brad should be getting uh, this is a selfie discussion. The problem is they also don't give it to wingers anymore. That's why Marion Host has never been a finalist, even though he should have been many times by now. God damn they it. A, they haven't given it to wingers since Jerry, Le- since Jerry Leighton, I think. Why are all these people who vote for these awards ruining hockey and then producing a terrible show? This is a very good point. And um, you know what? We're not the first ones to point that out. So um, fuck most of the awards awards voters. And um, power to all the guys that publish their ballots. Yeah. I mean, because to me, it's just like, I think these awards should be pretty straightforward. Don't you? I, I agree. You know, and maybe if we have these details about certain ways these awards vote, maybe we need additional awards. With what the Norris has become, should there be a should there be two award two two different awards, the Norris and then the Bobby Orr. <gasps> the Bobby Orr. You know, Bobby Orr for the be- for the mo- for the for the most like, for the most uh, offensive skilled skilled defenseman, and then and yeah. then the uh, Norris for the best all around. Yeah, because defensemen get get the shaft they really do because it's like if you're doing your job it doesn't mean that you've scored the most goals as a defenseman well yeah see that's it doesn't and i know it's not going to start respect giving kudos to the guys that don't that they, they stay at home but all those times that charles should have won and didn't that would have given him a window 
Hmm. Right? Hmm. But that's like, if you're going to do something like that, though, you're going to have to look at, like, the MVP, too, because a lot of times the MVP isn't the person who's most valuable to their team. It's just the person who ended up scoring the most points and had the best season. But, yeah, so is it really the best player, or is it the, someone who's the most valuable? Two totally different things. Yeah, what's, what's the point of having a heart, the Ted Lindsay and the Art Ross, if, if 90% of the time at least three of those go to the person, that, at least two of those go to the person that won the Art Ross? Yeah. Why have all those separate awards if you're just going to give it to one person? More. Yeah, so... That's dumb. It is. <laughs> I have some concerns about the Ted Lindsay anyway, because I have some... I'm not keen on the players voting for, the voting for the best player overall anyway, because they're going to have weird measures that they use. You know, someone like Shea Weber is uh, regarded as uh, probably a much better player by players against him than by most other measures because the guy, is a, the guy is a beast and a nightmare to play against. Because maybe could be a nightmare to play against just by virtue of being omnipresent. Lutz used to be the same way, never the best player in the ice, but one of the hardest to play against because he was, you know, kind of a bear on PCP sometimes. And he's ugly too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ugly people need love too. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that sounded like a real bitchy thing to say. I, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't really like Shea Weber that much. I, I just feel like, yeah, he's good, and I, I hate that he's indiscriminate with his slap shot. So he will injure one of his own players in the process. I and he's done that this year, wasn't it? <laughs> That top player a few years ago in the playoffs, too, after the whistle, basically grabbed Henrik Zetterberg, an eminently likable player, honk, sonk, donk, um, and just grabbed him by the back of the helmet and smashed the guy's face into the glass. Yeah. After the game was over. Yeah, fuck you. Don't do that. Like, don't do that to anyone. But, like, Henrik Zetterberg is an eminently likable player. There is nothing to dislike about him apart from being a Red Wing, and that's not really his fault. Well, if he keeps signing with them, that's his fault. Well, because he signed a bajillion-year contract because they offered him all the monies. Okay, but it is kind <laughs> of his fault. But anyway, yes, I get what you're saying. You just don't do that. Don't be an asshole. I just want to get back to Jonathan Taves for a minute. Whenever I think of Jonathan Taves, <laughs> I think of just Nickelback. I just, any Nickelback song, because they're all pretty much the same. They're all equally horrible. I just think he's a Nickelback song. Now I'm never going to be able to look at him without hearing, look at this photograph. <laughs> and I'm going to hate you for it every time, VA. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's Canada's fault for producing that. Both of those things. Don't you hate Donovan? Donovan James. Don't you hate Donovan James? Um, on both accounts, I'm just going to say fuck the prairies. You know what we haven't talked about in a long time? The Toba, the other one's from Alberta. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, I there are like lots of like really quirky places in Alberta that I enjoy. Oh god. Okay. Um all right, so anyway, I just had to 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 say that. Um I you know, I don't know the names of most of the awards. It seems like there's just a lot of awards that go to like the same people, so I'm really bad at my awards and and NHL. Anyway, if there was justice in this world, Brad will, fin will, will finish with all the with, with the most goals, the most points, and he will walk home with everything. The the Richard, the Art Ross, the Hart, the Ted Lindsay, and the Selkie. And while you know, while Reddit, we'll just give him the Vezina because why not at that point? Um. Okay. Sure. The, the Vezina is the one I do know. <laughs> And the well, you know, I mean, they, they did give um, they did give Alex Ovechkin um, uh, first wing first first uh, team All Star rankings one year on both wings. Um. Okay, he doesn't play both wings. It was that year. Well, it was the first year Oates coached. Oates moved him to the right wing that year. Oh. And people got confused, and he got voted for. He got the most votes for first team All Star on both wings. Okay. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure where we're going with this. 
In conclusion, circling back, yay, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> Brad, Brad's good. Let's move on, shall we? Yeah, I suppose it's about that time. Getting back to something I said earlier about players that turn it on in the playoffs, but sometimes we don't see them do anything during the regular part of the year. Let's talk about David Krejci. <laughs> Because there's been a resurgence, and I'll let Jeff explain that to you. So, um, regular listeners would know that we were pretty hard on David Krejci in the aftermath of Closure and dismissal. Uh, we suggested, um, I suggested, I should say, that it was pretty clearly Krejci that had really tuned Claude out. Um, his play had frequently been fairly dissolute. He was not uh, scoring the way he should be regardless of the fact that he had the off-season hip surgery and probably came back too early. But since Cassidy arriving, uh, Krejci's been much, much better. Not, not, not earth-shaking, but he's been much better, right? So, like, for example, in January, he had nine points in 14 games, which is uh, not what we want to be seeing from David Krejci. But in February, he was 10-10, and 10, and in March so far, he is uh, six points in eight games. Yeah, so there's an uptick. I mean, Krejci's never been a point per game player, so the ten and ten, we're not going to expect to see that again. Uh, or see that repeated regularly, but six and eight is that's Krejci numbers. You want to see sixty points on a season out of Krejci minimum. Um, now we're not going to see that this year because he had that slow, that slow, slow start. Right, he's at forty nine points in seventy one games. He's not going to get eleven points in eleven games. He could, and that'd be swell. I wouldn't count on it though. He'd have to play like Brad. Yeah. So I wouldn't hold my breath on that. It's what it is. But he's been a lot better. He's been there's been more jump in his game generally. He's been he's been his playmaking's improved. Um, he's up to twenty nine assists on the season, which is low for him. But yeah. So David Gritchie, and his, his assists are still are making up still a significant portion of his points. He's got twenty nine assists right now out of the forty nine, which is um, still of course the lion's share. Almost every player you expect to have more assists than goals. Um, but what's interesting is he also has 20 goals, which is um, pretty darn good for him. And if I bring up his career stats, okay, it moved me around. Stupid website. <laughs> um, this is actually on track to be his, right now already, is his third best goal-scoring season. Huh. Yeah, his previous bests were 20, his best ever was 23 goals in the 11-12 season. And 22 in the 0809, that one season where he broke 70 points. Interesting. So, so, yeah, he the closest he's got before that was 19 and 13 in the 13 14 season. So he's shooting a lot more. I w- it would seem. Um, he's still his shooting percentage is higher than most years, but it's well still quite a bit lower than both the two years the two years he scored more goals. So. Um, I'm wondering if it's beca- if it, that's actually ultimately a symptom of him finally adjusting to having had inconsistent line mates. Well, see, I was just going to ask you uh, what you thought was happening that did that for him, that freed him up. Is it line mates or is it a different way of coaching? I I have heard some things about Bruce Cassidy making practices more um intense and game-like in in some ways yeah this is ultimately and you know maybe that's maybe it's an intensity change because um the other thing too i just you know quickly fired up his uh his um playoffs or when he's actually scored been a better goal scorer than he was in the regular season he's had 12 he had 12 goals in 25 games in the course of the cup run and nine and 22 during that finals run in 2013 as well Hmm. So I'm one. So maybe there is that element. I hadn't even thought of that, to be honest, VA. That's a good point. Is I'm wondering if the intensity change in the practices has sort of changed how Krejci's approaching gameplay in that regard, because it seems to be causing him to score more goals, perhaps. And I think I read that in uh, an article that uh, Ty Anderson wrote either last week or the week before. Basically, when he he had his mea culpa on the uh, uh, not accepting. Bruce Cassidy uh, as the new coach as readily um, as he should have. I don't think that's for us to do. We all have to do that in time. Um, you know, 
But uh, anyway, yeah. So he was talking about how practices looked different and seemed different, and the players responded differently after practices. Um, they they're more prepared for a game. They get into a game situation, and, and instead of taking time to warm up through the first period, they're like, "Let's go," you know, that kind of thing. And here's the thing: is we I attributed maybe crazy struggles before to the line blender, but he's been in a line blender as his line blender's been as fast and fervent almost under under Cassidy as it was before. Yeah, right? because. Be, yeah. you know, Back has gotten back his impasta got swapped, then swapped back. His left wing's been Salark, it's been Baleski, it's been Stafford, it's been Vetrano. It's been no, I don't know. There's been no Schaller on that line since um, uh, Cassidy took over, which is a good thing. Love Tim Schaller. Did not belong there. Um, no, no. So yeah, so realistically, other thing that they stopped that Cassidy stopped doing wholesale is putting Spooner on that on his left wing. Yes. So while his Line blender has still been like full tilt. There's been certain things that clearly didn't work that haven't been done there, and it's those two players specifically. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's just Cassidy's like stopped trying to you know fit a square peg into a round hole on that part. Yeah, he's trying. He's he's not forcing something that's proven to not work. Where does yeah. Spooner belong, Timmy? Fucking third line center. Right. And where has Cassidy been putting him, Timmy? Third line center. Very good. Who's been doing better? Ryan Spooner. <laughs> right. Fucking A. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. He, uh, Claude was forcing something. And why was, why do we think that Claude was forcing that to work? Because. Because Claude had clearly, and this is and not unearned, did not trust Spooner and not defensively enough to be center, I think. Spooner's not great in his own end. As far as centers go, it's a, it is a major flaw in his game. Um, and I think the part of the problem is when you have a player like Spooner, you just got to find a way to make that work. Especially when you have a fourth line that can be trusted as much, can take as much hard minutes as ours, as ours can. Right. Between that and the Berkey line, you have the ability to shield both the Craig G and the Spooner lines. So I would just roll with it. Personally. Then again, I'm not an NHL coach, so maybe that's why. Among also, among also, you know, never having coached a hockey game in my life. So... Well, no, you're just trying to 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 make your best uh, estimate as to why uh, this is happening this way. I don't expect you to be a coach. I mean, come on now. Um, we're not that full of ourselves, are we? We're just trying to to to. Um... Oh, I'm that full of myself. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, is there more of a kind of gunslinger mentality to what uh, Cassidy is trying to do? And is Krejci benefiting from that? I think so. So this is another big thing. And uh, I don't like citing him for this because the article was absolutely awful. Uh, Yesterday on Puck Daddy, the um, uh, what's he called? Friday one trending topics. Mm hmm. Was about why the Bruins are, but well, like why the Bruins just don't suck now. Basically, I remember that that wasn't the exact title. That was the gist. He spent a lot of energy talking about how the team has their scoring chances have gone way up. Mm-hmm. They're allowing a lot more scoring chances again, so more shots are more shots are coming in from close against them, but they're taking a ton more in close themselves. Because I don't think anyone would disagree that. Um, Claude's teams this year were shooting a ton from far out, like the point and further out. Peripheral, right. peripheral shots. Which is weird. It was like they're playing against themselves because that was also one of the big things with Claude's teams that prevented close-in shots. It was always peripheral shots. They allowed a lot, but they were from far away, from bad spots. Well, that's so you can get back defensively. Well, exactly, right? You can, you can, you can, you can cl- you clog up the slot enough and force bad shots it makes it easier on the goalie. But anyway, so... In this particular case, they're they're shooting a lot more from close, and um, and you see that we've had a lot of these nice these neat little rebounding garbage goals. Even Krejci's have been in there, have been in, in in tight like that. Mm. So I think that they're, they're, that's definitely a big part of the change. Now, of course, Ryan Lambert's article also went on to suggest to dismiss all this and chalk off the Bruins scoring now to being percentages because apparently he went in with a thesis, ignored all of the data, and then re- and then reverted to that thesis because he's Ryan Lambert. But he's a, a hockey writer 
And remember what's important. Narrative. <laughs> yep. But it's hilarious because he actually laid out all of the data that, that, that gave a more reasonable, less narrative-driven answer and then ignored it in the end. I don't understand it. It was the most remarkable thing I've ever read. I've gotten yelled at in peer review on academic by academic journals for do, for being perceived to do the same thing when I hadn't it was just a bad wording move how how he intellectually justifies that argument kind of, kind of blows my mind I look forward to your podcast your 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 solo podcast where you might bring in fellow academics where you discuss how to write about hockey <laughs> from it from from the view of a person with a phd <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to make fun of you but i i kind of am <laughs> but you're right it's uh you know um fuck I, I i fucking hate lambert i just do um i won't it's the funny things i don't hate lambert i do like a lot of his writing i find him reasonably funny when he's choosing not to be a complete wad I just see him and he is right more often than not. He's just so fucking smarmy about it. Which, to be fair, is a problem with a lot of the new age. A lot a of better the, the, the stats-driven hockey writers are like that. They just they they they're so sanctimoniously holier, holier than thou that they become pretty insufferable. Ta- Travis Yost is the prime example. Um, uh, Tyler Dello, when he was still writing a lot. Okay, so when Tyler Dello was still writing before he got briefly hired by the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the same way. This 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 incredibly sanctimoniousness to the writing, and and Lambert's actually the worst about it because he thinks he's being funny about it, funny and snarky about it when he's not. Which is, so I don't know. Anyway, this wasn't supposed to become a rant about, about Ryan Lambert, but it did. Yeah, and it wasn't supposed to break up fifty thousand times like it just did again. Um, you, I got Brian. Ryan Lambert is trying to be funny and snarky. And then, uh, you know, he, maybe he's not trying to be this way, but he just is. So. And he is funny and snarky, when, but he's such an asshole about it. So. Yeah, see, I can't stand that. I can't stand that. I don't want to support that thing by reading him and giving him any views on that. It just really fucking pisses me off. I mean, when you're right, you're right. You know? Like, uh, but this is largely like, oh, I'm going to take this stuff and then I'm going to tell you what I think. Which doesn't necessarily mean he's right. And you know what? If you're going to be stats-driven, you should really learn scientific writing. Yeah, that's actually... How... That drives me nuts. Absolutely yeah. fucking nuts. So I'm reading these ultimately very scholarly, scientific, science-driven driven pieces that are so... Yes. I do. I, I think if you're going to write heavily about stats, you need to know how to interpret them and write about them. Uh, and you should probably take some scientific writing because narrative is not in there. No, it is not. And you know, I mean, there's a rigid structure you should follow. There's some flip. There's some room for fun for flexibility. But you know, it's your, it's your, your in, it's your intro, background, methodology, results, interpretation, conclusions. Structure it that way, and it is not fucking rocket science. And you yeah. can you, you can you can have some of your interpretation spill over into your data into your data, which I prefer because presenting data with with no interpretation right then is just obnoxious. But it's not it's not hard to do. It would not be, and it's not going to result in dry writing. It'll just mean it's also all right there for people to to inaccessible. Right, right. These damn stupid sports writers, all their narrative and their stupid stats. They don't line up. Yeah. So what what else do we want to say about Krejci? Let's let's move on. I don't want to have like a whole length of time about uh, sports writing. We can do a whole different show on that. That'll be all kinds of hot fire. But anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, I can use my hot takes. No. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Do you have a couple one timers on uh, Krejci? Gretchy, you're doing good things right now. Just keep on doing it. Um, maybe even eventually they'll nail down their line. But you seem to be managing with the blender now. So uh, I like what I'm seeing right now. Maybe he's got a bun in the oven too. <laughs> I, think that'd be number, I think that'd be number two for the Gretchys. He had a, he had a daughter last year, didn't he? Or was it the year before? Um, uh, she's walking, so probably the year before. 
Yeah, that one check out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. Tim. Crouchy, you annoy me. And this whole thing annoys me with him quite a bit. So just keep scoring points, I guess. But you're still annoying this spot. Yes. Don't be annoying. Score all the points. And we'll love you. We are very temperamental. We reserve to have that right because we're Boston Bruins fans. We are fickle. I don't think I will (laughs) ever like Crudgy as much again after all of this. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, there was a time where he was my favorite Bruin. And um, that will certainly not be happening again. I think we should just all pick whatever Bruin we want. We should all have a different favorite Bruin. But we're going to like end up having to fight one another over Brad. Oh, God. I love Brad so much. And I would kick your ass to have him as mine. But the it truth means is... If not going to fight you, I'll just fight Nick over Tory Krug, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's who I was thinking. <laughs> I fight Dirty. Okay, cage match it is. Three-way rumble. <laughs> Excellent. Battle I'll Royale. I'll get my popcorn. I'll just watch. <laughs> No, come on. You know I love my defenseman. But you guys can have Tory Krug. I'm fine with that. <laughs> He's not your style of defenseman. We know that. <laughs> He's not. Although, you know, I got to tell you, I absolutely adore Bobby Orr, but Tory Krug is no Bobby Orr. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I. I well, of course, yeah. he's no Bobby Orr. No one is. Even, he, he, even Ray Bork was Bobby Orr, and, you know. He was pretty fucking swell. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, you know, uh, I've got to... Look, I love my stay-at-home defensemen who occasionally pinch and everything and whatever. And uh, I, I love them because somebody has to love them. Right? Not just their moms. You know, by even for... Now, even for... By any measure, he's... Carlos having a decent enough scoring season anyway. He still has more points than, uh, than, than Colin Miller, who supposedly is a buck number. Yeah, well... Colin Miller also with a lot, lot more of, games played, but, only, but still, you know? So. Yeah, Miller's had a lot of obstacles that Carlo has not had this year. Coaching obstacles, getting in the lineup because of whatever reason, and so on and so forth. And it took a Carlo's while. Carlo's got a for, better partner, too. Yeah, Char is definitely babysitting. Yeah, Char is definitely a better partner to have than either the other Miller or Lyles, who have been the who have been um, uh, the principal individuals that Colin Miller has skated with. So, but you know, if you're going to bring an 18 uh, year old into the lineup, don't you want to kind of set him up for success, and then he can grow? That's all Absolutely. I'm saying. Or 19 year old. That's why last year when Colin Miller was actually with the team, he mostly played with Chara as well, right? So, to an extent, yes, but you also. Um, not only do you want to see him grow, like, you know, with a good line mate, kind of want to see him fail, too, and see what happens. Oh, he's it's done a judge that. of character to see a player fail. Oh, yeah, you, you yeah. can't grow unless you fail, right? You know? Yeah, so. yeah. He hit the wall. He hit the wall. And he's he's failed. And he's been targeted by the Capitals, which is why that second game, they didn't even put him with Chara. Look, we're not going to talk about Ch- Carlo right now, because we have other things to move on to, I think. Like Brad, no. <laughs> well, that's really interesting. Brad, really. <laughs> I don't know. I, the, I'm, I have very complicated feelings about Brandon Carlo's season, and I haven't quite put it all together. He's a 19 and 20 year old rookie. I mean, I don't know what you're expecting from him. I mean, by, when you look at it in that context, if he was only a second round pick, his season has been phenomenal by any measure. It's only yeah. his draft two year. A second round pick defenseman has no usually has no business being on a ro- being on an NHL roster in his draft list two year. All right, fine. He's successful. <laughs> that's why I'm, everyone wanted to try to trade for him. Well, I mean that's what it sounded like it was happening. But, you know, ultimately Donnie was smart and said, Uh, we need defensemen in the future, so we're gonna keep him. Yeah, so yeah. Alright, so any other quick thoughts uh on the uh on the team or any specific thing. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, we've been having a lot of technical difficulties today and my brain is thinking about all the ways that I'm trying to make this all work. So I mm. turned to mush. My brain's Brad, mush. Pretty, other odds and ends. Um, hey, Chara turned 40 yesterday. Yes, he 40, did. 40. He's ancient. Yeah. That little, that little light on the back of his hands, uh, is changing colors here. Um, well, that would have happened when he was like, what was it, 32, 30? 
something like oh, that. Oh, but it's, it's, it's moved into the third stage now, though, right? The one, the, the one where Ender, the, the one where um, uh, Logan actually had to start running. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> yeah, there's three colors, right? If I recall, it's been a long yeah. time since I've seen Logan's run. Uh, I saw like the uh, I, I saw a few minutes like uh, a couple months ago. I don't really remember the entire plot because it's so very seventies. <laughs> There's a remake that um, I did not see, and uh, I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't really want to see it. But yes, so he turned 40 yesterday. Incidentally, it was yeah. Andrew Ference's birthday on St. Patrick's Day. But anyway, yes. So Charles, 40, he is now entering a new decade. He uh, is not the, I mean, obviously the Yager is the oldest in the league right now. But, you know, there's only, I think... Shane Doan roll over yet? Or there may only be, there's only, now with Chara, there's only, I think, three players over 40, depending on where Shane Doan, whether Shane Doan and Matt Cullen have rolled over to 40 yet or not. Hang on. Matt Cullen is 40 as well. So, yeah, Chara is actually the third, is the, will be the third oldest uh, active player then. Because Matt Cullen's a bit older than he is. My goodness. Goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So, uh, but we're not going to talk with those others. He's on this team. So, what, he's got one more year after this year? One more year, his cap hit drops to four million, which um is you know, which is next year will be extraordinary value for what he's still bringing to the table. To be perfectly honest, yeah, and he's still, frankly, he's still providing that six point nine million dollar value in my opinion. Anyway, even now, so next year at four million, that'd be great. I'm sorry, it's just what it is. All right, well, you know what? It's time for us to talk about what the uh, what the week holds ahead of uh, for us. In terms of Bruins hockey. And how do we start that out? This is when we go low and slow. It's time for sexy schedule reading. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hello, bot listeners. It's time. Sexy schedule reading. Boy, do we have a busy week ahead of us here with some serious hot playoff race action. Oh, it all kicks off tomorrow on Monday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, Boston's at Toronto. Two teams in the thick, trying to fight for that third spot in the Atlantic. Loser gets stuck with the Capitals. So tune in. There's probably not a more important game left this season. Next night, we got it home. 7 p.m. against uh, another, Atlantic, another Atlantic team. This would be Ottawa. That's right, the Senators. Well, that game might just, you know, fill a year buster. I don't know. <laughs> fill my buster? <laughs> I'm trying, folks. I'm trying. <laughs> and then, on Thursday... 7 p.m. Eastern Time, at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, that should be a shock to your system with the way Tampa's been playing since the deadline. Oh. <laughs> and then close out the week uh, in Brooklyn at 7 p.m. Eastern against the Islanders on Friday, Saturday. Four games in five in, in, in six days, people. I hope you've got the stamina. More importantly, I hope the Bruins do. <laughs> Did you just say Fry Saturday? <laughs> yeah, you watch. You oh. have fries while you're watching the game. <laughs> Who doesn't uh, want to have fries while watching the game? <laughs> Let me tell you about that Saturday game. Okay, it's fries. I'm going to be at that Saturday game. Nice. Jesus Christ. No, I mean, like, I'm, I'm actually, that's, that's awesome. I mean, 
neither game against the Islanders has gone especially well, but um, yeah, we're know. going. We're going now. We're gonna go uh, see a game at Barclays because we. <laughs> I know they'll be there next season and stuff, but you know we have this like dream of going to all the different places and yeah. So we're going to Barclays and we got pretty decent seats. We hope, but I'm sure they'll be obstructed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll let you ride in that little white in that white SUV. Oh my god, I would love to be in the SUV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally gonna tweet at him. <laughs> but anyway, it's not an SUV anymore. It's a Ridgeline, which is really funny. But anyway, they still make those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why? I I don't know, but it's a silver Ridgeline. But anyway. That hasn't stopped the Twitter account. But yeah, so we're going to go. It's pretty exciting. And this isn't this week, but I can say it anyway. I'm going to the Preds game, too. So it's like I've got games oh. on Saturday and Tuesday. Wow. Big week. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So our our seats at uh, Barclays are near the red line-ish, I think. Um, not in the first section. Not in Section 8. We're in Section 108. So... I have no idea what it's going to be like. I'm sure that it will not be as perfect a view as I want it to be, but that's okay. We're going to be oh, there. No, I think the stuff on the sides are okay. It's just the one end where there's where it's garbage, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yes. I'll I'll give the bird's eye view or my view from what it looks like. Obviously, I'll probably tweet on a million pictures. And uh, yeah, so we're going to be there. We're pretty excited. Um, get to go see a couple of friends down there for a little bit during the day and go to the game. And um, I like going to different places and seeing what they're like. So that'll be fun. I'm not going to these other games, but you know, I figure like I'm going to a game. So if I miss some of the other games, it'll be fine. But I think I'm probably going to stay at home and watch that Ottawa game because I'll probably be editing that night. So and this is going to be a fun episode to edit. So I'm going to need to take a lot of time to do it. <laughs> We only had to have three separate recordings. It'll be great. <laughs> but anyway, yes, so I'm excited about that. And I get to see Johnny and and uh, sides like we're all old pals. Yay, Johnny. Yay. Also sides. Oh. <laughs> okay, so yes, so that's your schedule for the week. Um, uh, how do you think it's going to turn out? we got to come out of this week with four points minimum, preferably six. I have a bad feeling about the Ottawa game because it's the second night of a back-to-back, and they yep. travel. I think that's the trickiest game. But I, basically, I mean, unequivocally, the Bruins have to win this Toronto game, and they have to win Tampa because they're they're the well because they're the teams that are chasing them. Yeah. If they lose either of those games, they fucked up good. Yeah, and neither of those teams are as good as the Bruins. They really have to win those games. The the Ottawa the one I'm still kind of shocked at what Ottawa's done this season. Um, here's the thing about truth be told here is though is uh if if they lose to Toronto, they also have they have to win beat the Islanders as well because um if the Bruins drop to a wild card um uh, race spot, the Islanders are suddenly a problem in, in addition to Tampa and Toronto. Yeah, I know. So this as long as we stay in a, as long as we stay third, they're clean. They don't have to worry about the Isles. But if they fall back, then that's yeah, just yet another team they have to concern themselves with. Yeah, this week is a, a minefield. It's terrible, terrible. Yeah, we're playing the team, the team right ahead of us, and the three immediately behind us. It is a fucking, it is a make or break week. This right. this week arguably is the true test of Cassidy as a of Cassidy as a coach and this team's strength with and this team's fortitude. Re- resolve, yes, yes. Any, any thoughts on that, Tim? Nope. Not okay. really. Oh. Let's go into bare necessities. Who wants to go first? Jeff! So, um, I haven't been drinking during the show. I have no alcohol in my apartment at, at present. I, uh, I had a, a can of coconut water before because I'm one of those people, apparently. Um, Ew. I quite like it, thank you. I, uh, I'm not a big coconut person, but it, i just rather have water. But anyway, go ahead. Coconut water. And, yeah, you know, maybe I'll make it to the liquor store between now and the Toronto game. I'm not going to see the Ottawa game because that's trivia night. So Toronto and Tampa are the games for sure I'm going to catch this week. So we'll, uh, I'll figure out something. I probably should be drinking something for the Toronto game because that could be 
to become a very stressful game with the whole Toronto being rather talented at scoring goals. So mm. probably need to be prepared. May uh, it may be a whiskey. I may, may go with fall back to the the old fashions. I haven't made one in a while because I haven't had whiskey in stock. So uh, probably buy whiskey and make old fashions now that I've talked it out. Okay, Tim. Yeah. Um. I finally am not feeling like I'm dying of a cold, so that's cool. But over the last week, I really haven't feel, felt like drinking much. Um, so I don't know if I will be having alcohol this week. Um, I may during the games. I may not. Um, it all kind of depends. If I do, I'll probably go with alcohol water just because I've been enjoying that lately. Um, <laughs> truly spiked sparkling water. It's really good. And... It kind of sneaks up on you. You have a couple, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Holy crap! Okay, feeling good." So that's I kind of I kind of dig that because it doesn't take as much because it kind of sneaks up on you a little bit. And otherwise, the only thing I know for sure that I will be having is green tea because I drink green tea like every day. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not going to drink. Well, you know what? I will be drinking at that Islanders game. Because I can't go to a hockey game and not get something to drink, unless I'm deathly ill, which is what happened the last time I went to see the Bruins and Islanders play. Oh my god, I, I will have seen two of them. I forgot about that. I for, I had totally forgotten about the Bruins-Islanders game. Hey, remember, that's the game I got that, sh- I, I, that I unexpectedly got that shout-out from Ty Anderson. <laughs> and Nick's the one that sleuthed that, that, sleuthed that one out. <laughs> Yes, but you remember I was near death. So, no, you don't remember that. You just remember it's my birthday. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I've been there. Last year, They had we had the King 7-2. We lost, so or 9-2, whatever it was. So, I, I get you. And I never get to see them on my birthday anymore. So, <laughs> I think I'm going to keep it sober and straight. I don't know what my bare necessities are. Hope. Hope. That's it. <laughs> hope. Um, hope they don't blow it. Hope they win against the other teams. Hope that uh, we can say they won uh, six out of uh, eight points. Hope. There you go. Living on a prayer. Yep. Yep. I don't like Bon Jovi, <laughs> but that song's grown on me a little bit lately. <laughs> <laughs> I only like it in sports settings, though, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole Patriots thing. There's just something sick there. But most of the time, I hate Bon Jovi. If you play it, like, in a bar, I'm going to tell you to go fuck off. But if you're playing it in a stadium and people are singing along, it's kind of funny. But the, the, the only reason I tolerate Bon Jovi is because it's not Journey. Right! That is exactly the next point I was going to make. Okay? Because Journey is never good. Never in any situation. I hate journey all the time all the time Ugh. but i i like the the bon jovi thing in an ironic sports way so i haven't stopped believing oh my god we're going to kill you <laughs> i know where you live i will come kill you <laughs> uh, all right so <laughs> now that i've threatened um harm on tim uh, but I haven't done that to Jeff this week, so that's good. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on SoundCloud, uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on. Come on, guys. Google, Google Play. Play. Uh, Google Play. And yes, then you can find us on Twitter at Barely on Topic. On Facebook, it's Barely at Barely on Topic Podcast. And. However way you want to. Uh, we did have some kind of Twitter foray this week. I'm going to have to look at it to remember what it was specifically. Because um, my brain is mush. Let's just put it that way. I don't want to offend anybody. It's true. Well, Jeff told about the Western Canada road trip and how sexy it was. Oh, no. All that stuff was last week. Basically, nobody talked to us this week. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, because uh, Jean Catherine skipped the podcast one, and the, the podcast account and just, emailed, just messaged us all directly. Um. Right, right, right. <laughs> because I apparently really... it's advanced to that stage at this point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think she really enjoyed your sexy schedule reading. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Um, <laughs> it was good. You stepped up your game. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed with myself this week, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't think you should be disappointed, but I will be disappointed if I can't put the bump in. And I, it's looking like I won't be able to, unless I get my computer back before Wednesday. So, if that file win. Uh, well, anyway, th- this is not important. Okay, so basically, yeah, I think that's about it. Tim, you want to take us out? Word! Oh, God. <laughs> I, I don't envy you having to ed- edit this episode.